0: Welcome back. So this episode is going to get a little bit more serious. We're going to talk about anxiety, depression, what triggers any of it, how we deal with it, and the knowledge that we have on the topics. So I'm not going to call y'all fucktards this episode. At least I'll try my best. Um I got celebrity guests Roxanne and Emmanuel, brother-sister combo. We're going to get shit done. So, but Roxanne has a little clip that she wants to play for us to get us in the feel-good moment. It's very inspirational, you guys. Yeah, so go ahead, play the fucking clip. Thank you for joy! Thank you for pain! It's a beautiful day! It's a beautiful day! Hey! As it is a beautiful fucking day. Mm -hmm. So how y'all doing? Um, how was your guys' day? I worked full-time today. That shit was a drag. Yeah, I almost worked full-day, but I switched with the co-worker because, you know, why not? I don't want to be at work. And I was so tired, okay. you guys. Pause. You're going to have to get rid of that candy or finish it or something. Oh, yeah. How was y'all's days? You guys, it was a long day. I switched with my co because I didn't want to stay eight hours. I'd rather just work seven. And I was so tired at work that I was a little, like, out of it. And I was laughing randomly out of nowhere at customers. <laughs> and the whole time today, I'm just sitting there, like, trying not to laugh. And I'm just looking around at people. And just, I just start busting up laughing because I was literally that fucking tired. And it's funny because I had a couple come into my line. And, they're, and they see me, like, I was smirking and smirking. And I was trying not to smile. I was just smiling because, like I said, I was just fucking so tired that anything and everything was funny to me. So then, (laughs) I, I see them, I can feel them looking at me, and I'm looking down, you know, scanning their shit. And then, um, yeah, I'm like smirking too hard, and now it's turning into a smile, and now it's turning into a laugh. And I look right at them, and they both meet eye contact face to face, or eye contact with both of them, and I just bust out laughing in their face, and they look at me like I'm fucking on crack. Um, I wasn't on crack, sadly, but I told them, you guys, I'm sorry for that. I am fucking super tired, I'm running on fumes, and. Yeah, so forgive me for that. And then the boyfriend was like, "Oh yeah, don't worry about it, man. I totally understand. I understand that completely. I know, I know, I know how you feel." So I was like, "Okay, good." So just, just, I don't know, like, some retort, you know. But that was that. By the way, side note: Did you hear yourself on episode five giving me your albino name? Yes, of course I did. And <laughs> how do you feel about that? I wasn't sure what spot I was going to come in at. <laughs> I'm mad that our didn't me asking an albino name, but whatever, it's fine. I'm still a little shady about that, so... Well, what would be your albino name? What would be my albino name? I said Glacier. Roxanne said Steven. Unless you've had a change of heart since then, Roxanne. Definitely not. That's what we said. <laughs> I would say my albino baby's name would be... Marcelo Aspergus. I mean, I stand by... So Actually, well, the day when we were talking about when you recorded that episode... I had thought of something good, and now it, like, totally escaped my mind, so I can't even think of it now. But we'll I sober, drunk, high on any kind of drug there is out there, I stand by the option to give it the fuck back. Along with gingers. Oh, speaking of um, <laughs> albinos, I saw my very first albino in the flesh today at work. Oh, I thought you were going to say midget. Uh, I was about to say what? Oh, apparently my albino midgets don't exist because we googled image search it and nothing popped up. Because like I said, when you do see one, you immediately cardiac arrest. I wouldn't know whether to get a fucking autograph or just croak. <laughs> oh, that's very interesting that you happen to come across uh... an albino today. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You see, I, awesome. I didn't see the front of the face, but my coworker said it even had the red eyes. Oh wow. See, so, but your channel channeling... Like, like a fucking white rat. You're channeling that. all right, that eyeball. energy so now That's it's right. being directed towards you so now you're going to see more and more. So now I'm waiting for the albino midgets and the midget genders. And I hope you get a whole truckload of them fucking entering your store. So, uh, apocalypse. Yep, apocalypse of the ginger <laughs> slash fucking albinos. Yeah, I would, have to, I would have to off myself. Well, huh? mm-hmm. time okay, is so, changing. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to topic. So... We're going to get into a little bit of the anxiety, depression. Like I said, this episode is going to be a little bit more serious. You know, we can't all have fun and games. And I'm going to try to not crack jokes about the depression, anxiety, but y'all know me. So, so if you guys mind. suffer from mm-hmm. anxiety, say I, or i Okay. So what, what, what? So who wants to go first? You, well, Emmanuel, I know, suffers from really bad anxiety. Um... So you may not know exactly what anxiety is, but when is the first time that you actually felt something different on an emotional level in that way? Yeah. Well, I know exactly the day and not the time. Well, basically the time, yeah. This was back, and I want to say maybe oh eight oh nine. Um, I was at a farmer's market with Alyssa and mm-hmm. some other people. And I don't know. I remember being there. I think this is because it happened after my gallbladder surgery, I believe. So... After I had my gallbladder surgery, it was like oh eight oh nine. We were at farmers market, and I remember there being there. It was a cool day. I was having fun. Whatever for y'all you know, that farms. don't, for y'all that don't know what the farmers market is here where I live, every Thursday night or evening, whatever they have like a little market that goes on, live band, vendors, uh, food trucks, all that nonsense. May through October, it's spring through till winter comes, almost winter, but yeah. yeah. So we were there at the farmers market. And then out of nowhere, I remember being there towards the front, uh, because it's like a big building. It's like the center. It's like, it's called the, um, what's it called again? The Civic Center? The Civic Center, yes. It's a big old building called the Civic Center. It's like basically a little, like, town park, whatever thing. Y'all can Google it. It's the Hanford, California Civic Center. Civic Center. Yes. Auditorium. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Um. I was off towards the left side of it and we have palm trees that kind of surround the lining of the uh, area. And then I remember just feeling kind of weird and I was like, what the hell, like I feel kind of weird and I was like, obviously I didn't understand it at that point, I didn't know what anxiety was because I really never experienced that. It's going to sound stupid as fuck, but this is what I felt, so bear with me here. I remember staying there with her and then out of nowhere... I felt like the world literally was going to turn upside down. <laughs> it's stupid when I say it, but it's honestly, not stupid. It's there's a term for it. It's called vertigo. Well, that's what I'm saying though. But not Thinking have that of my. But that's what I'm saying. Thinking of before I knew any of this, like before I even really experienced any of this, that's what I'm saying. Like to me, it sounded stupid. To me, telling people that, oh, I think the world's going to turn upside down right now. Like they other me like what the fuck's wrong? Do you? you know? So I remember like. Telling Lisa, I was like, Oh, dude, I feel kind of weird right now. I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, I've never experienced this before, blah, blah, blah. And she's kind of like looking at me, like, Oh, are you okay? And she's like, seeing I'm getting like anxious, you know, whatever And I was like, Dude, I feel kind of weird. Like, I just need to go like in an enclosed space. Like, I don't know, I feel weird all of a sudden. And she's like, You may are you alright? And I was just like, I don't know. And then so I'm like walking with her, and I just remember kept feeling like that. I was like, I felt like the fucking world was going to turn upside down. So I was just like, uh, dude, we need to go like somewhere. Like, I need to go in like a building or some shit. And then she was like, "Oh, well, I think you have vertigo. You're having vertigo or something. And I was just like, I was like, I'm not even trying to listen. I was like, dude, I just feel super fucking weird. Like, I just need to get indoors, you know? And then, yeah, that was that. So, ever since then, it was just down, down, like, hill spiral from the whole thing. So, yeah, that's my first ever experience with anxiety slash whatever you want to call it. So, that's how you felt back then. But, like, over the years, like, what's, as it's transpired into the anxiety that you have now, How has that affected your social life, your work life, or how has that affected your life in any type of way? And obviously, that's not the only experience that you've had. So what have you realized triggers this type of anxiety? And how have you tried to deal with it? What things have you learned from reading upon it? What measures have you taken to try to fix the issue or come on, tell what's going on? Like I was establishing that was the first time I experienced it, so that was the whole get down of it. Like the first time ever feeling that way, experiencing any type of deal like that, and then after that, like I said, it was a down, down, like downhill spiral of a whole bunch of other shit. So it was just like feeling that, and then just feeling anxious a lot of times. So sleep ever since oh eight oh nine has never been the same. It's always kind of like. Feeling anxious and it's like when I'm trying to go to sleep, I feel anxious, can't go to sleep, so I'm having to listen to music, put on TV or whatever, then wait till that like calms me down, relaxes me and puts me to bed because like basically my mind's just racing. Yeah, um traveling's not the same anymore, I'll say that. Traveling kinda sucks now because before that I would fucking jump at the opportunity to travel wherever and now it's kinda like, um, we're going out of town where? How long is it gonna be? If it's more than like an hour, I don't wanna go, you know. That's where that comes into play, like expected the whole traveling deal. Traveling's not fun. Traveling seems more like a fucking chore than actually the fun part, so that's where that leads into. So traveling, like when we'll go to LA or whatever, it's like I have to, basically my coping mechanism is drinking along the way. And I don't have to be drunk, I'll just have to have a couple just to relax my nerves, calm my nerves. And yeah, so hopefully yeah, guys there, we have yet to see on the way there, just have a couple. Excuse me. So like I'm being attacked right now. Anyways. Um no yes, but honestly I, he's feeling personally victimized by Regina George. So. Yeah, so we'll watch and victimize you when it's your turn. Um but yeah, so basically my coping mechanism is for like when I have to travel, yes I'll drink some I'll drink a couple, just relax myself. Um uh, Along the way, because like I said, if it's anything more than an hour, I'm like fidgety in the car and kind of like, just don't feel like I don't, I don't feel it. I'm not vibing with it. So, but then I do realize it depends on the kind of company you have. So if you're driving with somebody who's like Elias, who's kind of quiet and just doesn't really talk much about the drive, it does become a long drive. so. So Roxanne, as his wiser, older sister, did you... Did he come to you and let you know about his anxiety issues and stuff right away? Or did you kind of have to figure it out? How how did you feel about his anxiety issue? Or were you even, like, knowledgeable about it? No, he definitely, I think just his lack of understanding or relating what's going on to it being anxiety probably played a role in him not knowing that that's what he suffered from. But, yeah, no, those are something I think we suffer silently because maybe how intense it is, or, like I said, we just don't know what it is. Um, Yeah, so, no, you don't know what somebody suffers from unless they open up and tell you Yeah, so I'm safe to say he didn't open up and let you know that he was going through any of this. No. That's also safe to say another coping mechanism was, like, being around friends, like, after meeting Elias, like we always like hung out with like friends and like had parties and stuff like that. And a lot of my coping mechanism was like hanging out with friends. It wasn't so much even having to drink, because you know, obviously knowing me and everybody who knows me personally knows I drink, but it always necessarily never had to be that. It was just that just added to whatever fun, you know. But honestly, it was also just hanging out with friends in general. Uh, it was a lot of times where it felt like my family just being around them kind of wasn't like cutting it. So it was like. Friends was another option to make you know to help out with that you know because like sometimes you know as we all over a family but sometimes it can be a little much especially if we're all in the same room together and everybody knows my family we're loud as fuck loud as fuck I'm talking I'm telling you when my two older brothers talk like our fucking ears my ears ring so you know anybody you else who <laughs> everybody else who knows my family or knows whatever knows we are just loud people we talk like we're in a freaking auditorium or something I don't know but um i so think it's like, because there's so many of you guys that's why mm-hmm. my family is very quiet but we were also there's not a lot of us and so we didn't have to like fight to be heard or like scream over each other especially me being the oldest it's funny because i'll talk to life, he's like hey Manuel, why are you yelling i'm, I'm like, like shut the fuck up i'm like uh, I'm like, uh you're worried i did too not know i was loud. yeah so it's like sometimes it doesn't well, i don't even know that i'm coming off as being like real loud or whatever that's just well, let's just say your mic is turned almost all the way down and mine is almost all the way up. Right. And Where is it? Why am I? Cause my mic? Because <laughs> my volume's going to be all messed up. And we are. <laughs> you know yours is all the way down because you're loud as fuck. Excuse me. I feel like he's personally attacking me today, you guys. Just, you know. But anyways, um, but yeah, so um, like hanging out with friends is also just another way of um, basically relieving really just anxiety because just in general, like I said, after 0809, it kind of just went just downhill and then just, as years go on, it kind of progress more and more to being just more, like, fucking harder to deal with. So, like I said, it ruined sleep. It ruined uh, going on trips. When I'm out somewhere, like, in another city or something, I kind of feel on edge. Especially if it's on a higher elevation. Because, like I said, me and heights don't mix. And the first time experiencing any kind of anxiety, whatever, it was, like, the whole world should have to them. Which is, like, a height thing, basically. So, that's that so heights and traveling now have roads, you have you read upon any information as far as anxiety or the type of anxiety that you suffer from i kind of looked at stuff because like what well, you know like i said we're always drinking so a lot of times it's kind of like i kind of want to like try an alternative that i don't wanna always have to drink in order to feel better so basically a lot of little like regular things you can do as far as um minimizing the feel of anxiety or whatever it's like cashews pistachios, things like that, blueberries, regular, healthier alternatives to the amount you feel or whatever. Do you ever plan to get your anxiety looked at, checked at, or checked on, or how do you plan to fix this, or are you just going to live like this for the rest of your life? Well, as they all say, medication just, you know, I mean... Why get yourself all doped up on pills? For me, honestly, like I said, I mean, I've also just found other ways to deal with it. And that's also just listening to really relaxing music. A neon light in a room or whatever, that's always fucking relaxing as fuck. Yeah. Okay, and hi, Roxanne. Chime in, bitch. You're kind of quiet over there. What we got going I'm on? Definitely having some anxiety right now. <laughs> um, Why combo? So, to me, uh,. Yes, anxiety as an adult and anxiety as a child—two different things. I, you mentioned depression earlier, so there's that included, and um, they're two different battles. I feel like anxiety is more crippling and traumatizing at that moment, and depression is just something that's long and and then you roll with the punches and it has its waves and so I was thinking like with that song earlier like it was all beady and positive and outlooking and Mm -hmm. stuff and I'm like so as an adult right now to me that gives me anxiety thinking like that little boy is so grateful and he's like speaking on you know like look forward to the day and all this and um, to me like as an adult why can't i have an attitude and that Especially gives me a little voice in a third world country you know <laughs> dancing on dirt he's you know has nothing literally to him or his family's name and here we are having anxiety and depression over whatever things that seem minimal to what he uh, goes through every day like on. can't pay a bill or work and stuff I'm like broke that on two to go out the weekend. Too broke to go <laughs> yeah. out and yeah. to the bar, too broke to go in or just even that, I do being socially stratified by our income over where we live, over how we live, anything like that. And there's people in these countries like that little boy who have this song, you know, talking about a beautiful day and be grateful for what you you know, just to be alive. And he thinks in that way and yet here we are, you know, in lovely, beautiful America. That's probably one of the le- That's probably one of the most things that us as a free country lack is the just being grateful for what we have and what we have access to, and you know. But then again, that's just how we are. Over here, that's what to say. Basically, the best things in life are free. The way you feel, the way you're around your family, the way they make you feel when you're around them. It's all that. Those are the best feelings you could ever have. Making memories is free. I don't know, maybe, how do you feel about that? Like, Well, now, do you guys feel different now as adults and being able to identify the problem? I mean, I guess to an extent I can understand, like, I don't know, you always realize things when you're older as an adult that you didn't realize as you were a child, obviously. How do you see this now as a grown adult? Well, as a parent myself, I would say definitely have an awareness as to your attitude. And like Manuel says, what you do, or make heavy against the close ones that are dealing a lot with your problems, or just you know, everybody's a uh, can be hard at times to the people we love the most. Some it was more an emotional and attention thing, and others where it was just time of day. I oh, yeah, I do want to say, yeah, so if you're suffering and you're definitely not okay and you can at least identify that, uh, about yourself. I would definitely say seek some help and know that there's support out there and resources because, yeah, suffering from anxiety, uh, and or depression and it be something that you can't deal with and debilitating, definitely reach out to somebody and get that help. Even if it's just like a little bestie, like, obviously the most thing for anybody is to go see some actual professional because I mean, well, I mean, like no 10 year old out there can like walk into a clinic. Well, yeah, and like, like, you know, they have like school counselors and stuff like that. Who knows to say, who's to say they're any good. I don't know. I never, obviously I thought you'd fucking thing. Yeah. I want to go talk to a school counselor and all school counselors do all my whole is life. Contact CPS. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it's different for everybody. Everybody deals deals with it in a different way. Obviously like, from my point of view, I can only say what works for me in my point of view is literally being around people that make you laugh. If you're on people who can make you laugh, you'll have the fucking best time ever. So good friends, good conversation, laughing your fucking ass off is literally one of the best medications possible. Laughing your motherfucking laugh I mean ass versus off. fucking medication and whatever else, you know? You okay. Know? Wait. The conclusion could be though. Be mindful of others because they could be carrying a big old chip on their shoulder. And but people, please don't be one of those it. people that are an asshole and like, mm-hmm. like causing problems. I never even asked you, do you want your real name on here? Yes. Well, well, I, well, I, can, I can bleep it. I mean, I yes. can I can bleep out your name. So tell us, um, I know you suffer from either anxiety or depression, mm-hmm. one or, one or the other. Now as an adult that you know which one is which, when did you start feeling either one of the or or like when was that even a thing for you well when, when i was little i would say it's more of a emotional blast and firework of everything you can feel in the book and you don't even know what to do about it so like kind of like you're being struck by lightning or something you can't you don't know what's going on And if you're able to come out of that quickly, great and awesome. And maybe you can learn how not to do it. But, um, I think growing up, I would have experiences where something freaked me like out of my mind or like creeped me out. I don't know that, you know, you kind of just over exaggerated a lot more than what it is. And it comes off more severe than what it is. And sometimes, like I said, if you don't reach out, you're just carrying it with you and you're letting that uh, defeat and that overwhelming feeling take over you and you can do that for a long time and that is not a way to live either and I think that's what I did so my experience coming out of that is definitely like finally having to say I've had enough of that like hey what's going on with me and how do I fight those feelings or those um, situations that put me at such a type of thinking and just go from there but like i said you really have to take a stand and uh, fight against yourself i guess i would give her credit though um out of all of our siblings obviously i can't speak for my older brothers or my older sister but i think my sister out of anybody <laughs> whatever, like understands it better than anybody because she dealt with it at an earlier age i think most of us dealt with it after the fact when we were reading Past pre like to an adult. I was always made fun of the one. I was always the one made fun of for like crying at every single thing or being scared of every single thing. Like I was the most sensitive one. So So you were more, you were more basically emotionally intact. Yeah, everything hit me so much more harder. I felt so much more uh, like just. Yeah. You were more self aware, I guess, of what you were feeling based off. I guess the other siblings were kind of more not. I guess. Yeah, no, let's Like she dealt it at a lot earlier age than any of them would have. Even if they did deal with it, it wasn't to an extent where they were kind of like struggling with it. It was kind of like they felt some sort of and it. Was like, oh, okay, yeah, I passed on because you're a kid and you don't know. You're a teenager. You fucking block your feelings. But as adults, I know they experienced it way more than they ever did as a, as a teenager. Or she dealt with it head on as a teenager versus. More so than an adult. So in other other words, she was basically just more emotionally developed than you guys were at that age. Yeah, I guess you (laughs) could say so on that. Do you think that, step? I honestly think for Roxanne's age in your guys' I mean, if you think about it, Roxanne, if you think about it, she honestly didn't really have an age group. Like how we were saying you guys were like grouped up. It was kind of like she's the middle child. And so she was either going to be more mature to hang out with the elders or she was going to be less mature to hang out with the younger. Yeah. So she kind of had to be more emotionally in touch in different ways in order to bond more with you guys and then be more emotionally developed to bond with the older ones. Hmm. Yeah. I guess I would agree with that. You know what I mean? So she kind of had to be more in touch with her feelings as far as being able to bond with all of her siblings she, she doesn't yeah. in the middle <laughs> yeah. she had different age groups that she had to kind of connect with yeah to yeah. connect with and, and also being piece. okay alone because sometimes neither one of those age groups wanted <laughs> you in there as the middle child you know she was either going to be looked at as the young one or she was going to look at as the older one and if they were all competing they were like bye bitch you know yeah. so i would say that would be from just what i'm in taking from it would be maybe why she was more in touch with her feelings because she had more to connect with than you guys more did. More to and Yeah. Um, have you read up on anxiety, depression, or anything like that? Or what have you learned from maybe exploring into that yourself? Not only, like, having to deal with it at such an overwhelming level of it as a child, I've done, like, so much work because it's still something that is can be so crippling and that I think if you can realize that for those people who suffer like that like I said that's not it's not a way to live there's hope and there's so many examples I could just say of how uh, like from moments at school that you still think about where you made yourself embarrassed or a fool or just something so tedious as hey I was having a conversation with my superior and I completely went off track and just made myself look like a fool. Those things can really, like, last and, like, carry with you and make you feel like you have to adjust yourself for uh, future situations. Did you yes, read for... any articles as far as dealing with any things that you have dealt with or seek any kind of help in that way, as like, looking on your own for help in that way? Or... Everything that I could get a hold of and dig my little mind into I still do to this day and it is something I probably just because it is fascinating and uh, amazing just how something so trivial and uh, just what seems so big at the moment or even what can't go away like a reoccurring thought mm-hmm. uh can just like I said it it sort of fosters your life from here forward a certain way of living I and mean, there's it goes into other mental issues too and uh like i said to me it's such a ongoing uh goal of mine to is to discover that and heal those parts about me or work on those parts about me teach uh teach myself how to when i'm in those situations how to come out of them cuz uh, coming out of them and being able to live a little bit more and better is, it's, you know, you can sort of like, I don't know, you really can't. It's like a skeleton. Maybe you like leave like a skeleton behind mm-hmm. of that way of living. Basically, a shedding. Yeah, you know, I would say as a shedding, like a snake sheds their skin, fucking releasing all that negative. It- you have to learn to techniques to get over it, you know? Over sometimes you have to places, I guess do those things. techniques for the rest of your life. And sometimes you're able to like just completely, you know, you won that battle and it's something you don't suffer from. I think we need to normalize therapy because we can better understand ourselves and others if we're given that outlet. Talking just like this in general is a big last therapy session okay no. well uh, maybe there's people out there that can relate to social anxiety that's a huge thing that i think is I not know, talked something. about and it, it's so like to what you're wearing going to the store having to do your simple things that are daily life i would imagine that's more of a struggle than what i'm doing i can't speak number for my sister because uh, i mean, i don't know uh, to a level that bothers her but for me i speak for myself when i say I couldn't imagine social anxiety because I'm fucking always wanting to go out, always wanting to do something. So for me to even think of the idea of having social anxiety is kind of like, wow, I I honestly, I don't know how they would even deal with it. Oh, I think uh, people have social anxiety for many different reasons. I feel like um, there's people who have maybe a social anxiety stemming from definitely from being an only child. They don't have, they're not getting, especially if their parents are older or gone at work all day or anything like that. And they're left. Just at home with maybe a grandparent or somebody else in the family. Shout out, was a, only twelve for a little bit. They're not gaining that social experience with other people their age, or gaining a social experience experience in general because they're at home basically by themselves. Well, maybe, maybe even too early having to become an adult because yeah, yeah. that's one thing we talked herself. about, Lice. That's one thing we yeah. talked about. We were fortunate to grow up with all of our siblings. Him, it was like what five years span. Between yeah. you and your sister, so five years. Not point that, like if, I mean, technically, when you want to get into age, we're five years apart. But before my sister even was developed into like an actual human being, but by that age, where she can at least even interact, yeah, interact or even understand anything that I'm telling her, she's probably already around that time, maybe like four or something like that you know yeah but it's still an early early four or, or five yeah. I know by then I'm already ten so I've gone basically ten years with not having another child around to interact with okay so now that me and Roxanne have shared shorter story now it's time for you to share your story like so yeah. what struggles and experiences you had to deal with and when you first realized and experienced Ooh. anxiety or you felt something just wasn't right, mm-hmm. you didn't so it. I do not think I suffer from any kind of depression um I'm not a depressed person. I don't suffer from yeah, I don't think I suffer from a depression. I definitely suffer from anxiety, but um, anxiety to me comes in different forms. I'm a worry. I worry. I worry about anything and everything. I overthink every single situation. I overthink every single opinion. I overthink all of that stuff. My first experience with experiencing any kind of anxiety, or at the time not knowing it was anxiety, but feeling it, was um, probably during the time that my parents were going through their split. Um, They were very young. They were not planning on having me at all, considering their age. Mm -hmm. And they both came from different backgrounds of life. From the way that they both had grew up in their households. And so they were dealing with a lot themselves. Their relationship was not good at all, was not good for them, was not good for me, was not good for anybody. So, me kind of being not put in the middle of any of that, but being the only kid there that was experiencing it or had to kind of figure, you know, they're going through their stuff and then I'm put on the back burner kind of because they're dealing with their own relationship dealing with their own issues that they got going on and so of course I was like major anxiety I had no idea what was going on I didn't understand any of the issues that they were going through together or separately I just seen the drama so then of course me not knowing what anxiety was or not knowing how to even deal with any of that um I was just sick I would I think I, I had like detachment issues. I hated going to school. I would cry every time I'd get dropped off. I was very wanted to be with one of my parents at all times. Um, But also, I threw up all the time. I was throwing up like nonstop every single day, Um, throw up in the middle of the night, throw up at school, throw up everywhere. And that was just the way that I guess that anxiety made me feel nauseous and scared or whatever, so I just threw up. Still to this day, any kind of discomfort that I feel mentally or anything like that, I throw up. So, um, I think just dealing with my parents' relationship and letting them go through the stuff that they were going through, I felt anxiety but didn't know it was anxiety, so that wasn't something that could be confirmed or anything like that. So I did see doctors and had a bunch of tests ran on me and stuff like that. And at the time they were just like he's mentally like unstable. Which wasn't the point. I was anxious. Everything that was going on around me made me very anxious. And so I was throwing up all the time and I couldn't tell them what was wrong or what I was feeling because I didn't know. That goes to show you how much doctors make misdiagnose kids. It's- well, yeah. Because, I mean, at that age, you didn't know what time you were going through, but you knew what was causing it versus oh, let me bring my kid to a doctor and see what's going on. And the doctor's like, oh, this kid just looks like he doesn't know what's going on with the world. And he just thought of it. like, But she knew exactly what was going on as an adult now versus when you were a child. Yeah, as, as an, an adult, now. of course. But yeah. even as a kid going through all that drama with my parents' relationship, I could never identify that I was going, feeling this way because of my parents' relationship exactly. or yeah. problems at home or anything like that. As a child going through that, I was questioning, why am I throwing up all the time? why do I feel this way? Why do I feel that way? I could never pinpoint, oh, it's because of this or it's because of this. I still, even though I was feeling it, didn't know what I was feeling, which was anxiety. Now I know what anxiety is. So now I know, oh, this makes me uncomfortable. That makes me uncomfortable. This makes me worry. This makes me stressed or anything like that. If a child can't identify it, they can't help their adult peers identify it. You know, so... So I'm saying, but looking back at as early as you did and experiencing it, it is like how do you relate, you know, versus now I mean, looking at it from an adult's point of view, you can fucking almost see signs like of a child going through something and you can already get an idea. Yeah. But But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. At the time my parents yeah. were yeah. still know about, like, teenagers. You, you know, they were, were They were still fucking yeah, their own so fucking drunk. So that's why they weren't even as a, as adults now, if I seen a kid mm-hmm feeling some sort of way i'm like oh the kid's probably anxious you know or the kid is stressed or something like that but as a 30 year old adult i know what that looks like my parents you know by the time my parents were 30 years old i was already 15 16 so you know what i mean they couldn't identify that in me as like a seven-year-old an eight-year-old they were were kids themselves yeah but yeah, I still deal with anxiety every single day when it comes to anything. I think I think if there's a person out there that says they don't have anxiety or don't sure, experience anxiety, an that is a lie. Because every single oh, alarm coming for you, when you're nervous about something, when you're scared of something, when you're anything about any situation, you, that's anxiety. You can have anxiety from happiness. You know what I mean? You can be so happy with something that's going on in your life and you're anxious about it because you're excited or... You can't wait for it to happen. <laughs> Prox and Chokey on Lucas, you guys. <laughs> when you take it, you can't, like, close your mouth right away because it'll leave, like, a little dust yeah. cloud. We're talking it's about dope. candy, guys. We're not doing drugs here or nothing. Yeah, I know. Lucas. <laughs> we're talking about simply Lucas. Oh. Yeah. a little too much Lucas? You close your mouth on Lucas. It makes a cough cloud, and you start coughing Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, that's well, passed me on the line. <laughs> so, that, <laughs> so that was my form of anxiety. And I want to say that's the really the only time besides just like normal day to day life that I've ever experienced uh, strong anxiety or anything like that. Um, now the anxiety or any or unhappiness that I have just stems from any day to day life that every human individual. The fact that we now. have to work is one of them. <laughs> oh yeah, slavery, <laughs> guys, slavery, paying bills. Looking forward to is that as you get older and as you age and have more experience, some of these anxieties just kind of go away themselves. Yeah. Struggle so, well, realizing you have to pay bills, realizing it's not easy, and you have to force yourself to do yeah, you to know? yeah, do what you gotta Over do, overcome situations. I am so pro therapy. I think it's a thing, I think it should be more afford- affordable. Therapy is not, I feel like, affordable enough for people who are. The thing is, is you can't put a price on fixing somebody's serious life situation. Well being. Man, yeah, I feel, especially a child. And I feel like uh, therapy is very high priced and the fact that they put a price before they even put no, the I get, somebody I get I get these I get these therapists or psychiatrists they, whatever they yeah. worked hard for their job they went to all this schooling all this you training paycheck, paycheck, they're very terrible. knowledgeable on everything that they're doing and they're doing a big thing when it comes to these kids or anybody that they're working with. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like when they could loosen the leash a little bit, they could help a little bit by, you know, some of these kids are going through very traumatic experiences and turning their backs because of what their parents can or can't afford. Um, I feel like that should be looked at a little bit. So now that we've gone through our topics with anxiety, depression, where it stems, how we deal with it, you know, now that we've unbuffled our straitjackets a little bit, is there anything else that you guys want to express to the listeners? I would say that there is always hope. And at that little spot and glimmer where you have nothing to hold on, hold on a little bit more. Pray a little bit more and fight those days as best as you could, or you can't give up. And definitely, definitely, definitely be a little bit easier on yourself because that's probably going to help out a whole lot. Is Mm -hmm. like just saying, okay, I'm not doing this right now, but maybe tomorrow I can get it done, or I'll be there. My time will come where I'll get that goal done or that lifestyle that I want. And just remember that there's that hope and, um, There's uh, like Emmanuel saying, there's that we're one second away from a different life. Exactly. So it's so easy to beat yourself up over the negative than there is positive. It's always easy to beat yourself up. So don't be so hard on yourself. So yeah, so now that we've got into a little bit of the discussion with them, I am going to transfer this recording over to a couple of my other friends and we are going to discuss their experiences and who knows, they may have, they may have different experiences. They may feel differently. Mm-hmm. They may have different issues, different problems, different childhoods, different futures that they see for themselves. But we're gonna tune in with them in a little while, and we're gonna get with them and see what their outlook is on all of this discussion. And so that is that. That is that. Good night, y'all. Bye. 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 See you. So, like I said, guys, I was going to get in touch with these ratchet hoes and we were going to talk a little bit of their different experiences that they have with anxiety and depression. You know, we got with Emmanuel and his sister previously, and they talked about their experiences with anxiety, how they deal with it, what the knowledge that they have on it, how they cope with it, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So now I got these bitches. Say hi, guys. Hi, that's, hello. That's Miss Amber Ivy. She was on episode one, How Far Is The Nearest Orphanage. And then we got Gwen. Mm-hmm. Say hi, Gwen. Hello. So I'm going to need Amber Ivy to say hi. Hi. And Gwen to say hi. Hello. Okay, so those are their different voices. Match voice to name. Voice to name. Gwen. Hello. Ivy. Hi. Okay, don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> so how you guys doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah? Yes. I'm, I'm pretty okay. I I'd am. say on a scale of one to ten, I'm about, maybe a four or five today. Okay, yeah. Just kind of average. You're okay. You have a podcast release. <laughs> like, it just came out, and I was like, I okay. just turned it all on. <laughs> she, she gets all radio, huh? I'm all okay and recording. She's like, hi, guys. I just want to I was like, whoa. <laughs> so, I'll beep it out, but while we're recording, we're going to refer to her as Gwen, which is her gaming name. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. If we happen to say your actual name, we'll bleep it. We'll okay. Yeah. That inhaling sound, yes. We talked about in the last episode with Kaylin how Kaylin's excess, obsessed with her vape and nicotine. Amber Ivy is just the same. We are recording outside so she can maintain her nicotine high. Um, Keeps my lungs good. <laughs> Keeps going. I bet it does. Um. So, yeah. So, how are you guys doing? Overall, you're about a 4 out of 10. What are you? I'm all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. What are you on the scale of 1 to 10? For what? 1 being the worst. Like, 10 how's your day today? Yeah. yeah. Um, five. 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 That's good. Five? That's good. That's, five. Okay. That's five. I'm a motherfucking 12, okay? <laughs> I got my. <laughs> of course I, you are. I, I had <laughs> a lime ultra. I am sipping on a white claw. I had my coffee. All is good in the hood. Gwen is drinking a high noon. Yeah, and Black Ivy's cherry. drinking a high noon. How do you like it? It's not bad. It's not bad, it's yeah. Not bad, They're no. pretty cool. I drink yeah. those when I went to go visit Laura in Pennsylvania. She drinks those at the bar. Tastes like carbonated water, huh? Yeah. Well, pretty much, yeah. It's kinda like a little bit like the sparkling without the uh, harsh harsh yeah. flavor. Zing yes. taste, I guess. Yeah. Yep. So who wants to go first? Or right, we'll just talk in unison. Nah. Q and A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, q a Q and A. Um, so who on. suffers it's from anxiety, say I? sometimes yes yeah different anxiety social anxiety yeah I think it's just mostly social anxiety yeah I think and I didn't get it diagnosed well I got the so- the anxiety diagnosed yeah they didn't tell me what kind but what do you think I mean it's social yeah, for sure and Gwendola. I don't know Do-Lin. Gwendolyn <laughs> <laughs> uh I do yes yes uh, social anxiety uh, did you say all four <laughs> well you said yes I do <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Social anxiety, for sure. Um, situational anxiety. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what else. Other type of anxiety. So, anxiety, capital A. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, what do you guys think forms or what what triggers your anxiety on a day-to-day? Is it like a day-to-day feeling or is it just in certain situations? What triggers your guys' instability? For me, it's it's an everyday thing. Yeah. And what, so it's, what, it's, what it's a part of me. But do you mm-hmm. just wake up and feel that way, or what's your trigger? Uh, situation, environment, mm-hmm. environment is a big trigger. So being woke. Hmm? So just being woke. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Well, what you said that? I what wake what type of woke? up woke. You said I wake up and it's day to day thing. I said what triggers it, and you said situations. So waking up. Yeah. 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 Kind of just know it comes come up. with the brain. Yeah. So I so. feel. And how do you guys feel about that? Okay, uh, therapist Elias. <laughs> I know. Um, Not good. It sucks because it yeah. takes over your life. Yeah. Because it... Mine's... Yeah. What? Mine's definitely situational anxiety. Mm. So you I... have anxiety? I did not know that. Exactly. You're going to no. like mask me I have very bad anxiety, but situational anxiety. So not... It's not an everyday thing. It's when I'm going through a emotional situation as far as like an argument with a spouse that is or an argument with a friend or something not going right at work, it's just a normal, so, a normal anxiety, I so guess. So it's just when you got emotional damage. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so anything as, so it's basically situational anxiety, I only get it really when it's something's not going as planned or something's not going how it should normally. So you have control. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a control freak. So I have to know exactly what's going on, when it's going on, how it's going to happen, what time to be there, what time to leave, who's involved, who's not involved. I (laughs) like to know everything. When I don't know, I'm like, why didn't they tell me? Why don't they not like me? Oh, you overthink (laughs) it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm a big overthinker. Yeah. So I think when you start to feel people who have control and they like to have control they when they get a sense of losing that it's almost like you're just starting to ascend your mind doesn't know what to do the yeah. gears aren't turning they're breaking there's fire everywhere yes i like to literally know everything and if i don't i'm like why don't i know that so you don't like surprises no well what or, do you do? I, I also don't like other people knowing things that i don't like especially in the workplace if freaking susan knows how to do something and I don't. I'm like, why did y'all bitches teach her that and not me? Like, let's get it together. I need to know how to do that. So you have jealous. And I'm doing it next too. time. Yeah. Ah. I think that comes with your overthinking. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, why didn't you? See, why didn't you teach me that? Why do you like yeah. her better? Why do you want her doing it? Why can't I do it? Yeah. Susan, go the fuck home. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you do to calm yourself down in those situations? White claw. Yeah. No, don't don't (laughs) promote drinking. Come on. (laughs) Literally, that's what I do. I I drink a white claw. Okay. Well, without the white claw, what do you do? Sleep. I can't be woke and have anxiety. I either need to be woke with white claw or put (laughs) down. You need to find a healthy (laughs) alternative to that. I hear feeling grounded helps. Trying to remind yourself that you're grounded. To each their own okay (laughs) well sleep is also a good alternative it really is because i know some people that do also have extreme anxiety and they they go and they lay in their bed for a while maybe they watch tiktok or they listen to something until they fall asleep and Mm -hmm. by the time they wake up they're better it's passed yeah i mean i also stay busy as y'all know i literally never home i'm at work all day and then if i'm not at work i'm probably at the bar if i'm not at the bar i'm out to dinner or lunch or something with a friend if i'm not doing that i'm recording the podcast you don't like being alone i don't like being by myself i don't like not having anything to do i cannot just i mean unless it's like vanderpump rules (laughs) Uh, yes unless it's like vanderpump rules there's no reason for me to sit down and be in front of the tv I would love to talk about Vanderpump Rules, but will. I know that's not what we're talking about today. No, these. after this episode is done recording, I'm definitely gonna press finish recording, start recording, and we're gonna talk about Vanderpump. Yes. Oh my god. I have no idea what that is. Which gosh. is why I've never talked about it on the show because nobody knows what it is, oh. and I see oh, there's so much stuff I want to say about it. Okay, is it a Netflix it's a thing? Is it It's a reality TV show. That's there. You go. That's why I've never heard of it. I'm yeah. so reality friendly. now it's so good I, I do like reality though i oh, i, I I'm a live, live and pray Re- reality tv is my religion like i just started watching that baddies of south or something like that i okay i've always seen the blue face and kashaun thing and i was yep. like who the fuck are these people yeah i fucking love kashaun uh-huh. <laughs> i love her now yeah i don't know what it is like just her spunk Oh, your your animals calling. Out. I know, hear that. I hear that boy. <laughs> no? <hear> <laughs> He's peeking through the window I yeah. right there. <laughs> for any of you guys that, ha- <laughs> no. for any of you guys, yes, we are going to have a lot of background noise. We're gonna. She has um given birth to a child, and yeah, because you guys remember, we couldn't abort it. Yeah. Um, we are also recording outside because she has a vape addiction, so there's going to be a lot of different background noise. There's a big old huge. Beast walking around the backyard, which is her name's Glitchy. her animal. So yeah, there's gonna be a lot of background noise. Y'all just shut the fuck up and listen to the episode. Who cares? <laughs> That's our audience. That's yeah. our little true, cheer- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Our> little audience. <laughs> Meanwhile, the little freak has his face to the window and he's watching us out here, <laughs> sharing his on. Yeah. So you get so you have social anxiety. Yours is a situational. I guess honestly, I don't, I don't know what I mine would be. Mm-hmm. So. I can tell you what things I kind of get to me. Yeah, so what triggers you exactly? Okay, so obviously being around a group of people, like a group of people, just, I don't know, makes me nervous, makes me uncomfortable. I feel like I'm being judged. I feel like I'm not going to connect with these people, and things I like, they're going to find weird. So, I guess. You also have the short end of the stick because you are deaf in one ear and you have a bitch face. <laughs> and I don't drive. So, yeah. So a lot of people, I've, I've heard of people talking to you, not that loud, though. And they're standing on your right side and you don't respond. So they're like, this bitch is ignoring me. What the fuck's our problem? And But you're really not. You literally just didn't hear them. Well, now I feel so bad. I've been standing on your right side. I think the whole, since I've got here. <laughs> but thankfully, you've been able to hear me. Yeah. Yeah. So she's deaf in her right ear. See, th- that is actually really common. I have met more people deaf in one ear than, than fully deaf And I can barely out. hear out of my left ear. So, like, if like a lot of people, when I'm at the bar, they'll be talking to me in my left ear, and I'll be like, hold on. And I switch sides, and they're like, why'd you do that? I was like, because I can't hear it's you. It's so annoying. Like, have you go like this when someone's talking to you? Uh-huh. Like, I- Sometimes I play with it. I'll let them tell their whole story, and then I'll be like, Okay, start over. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I'll switch sides. When we work together, um, when they'd call my name over the intercom, so, I mean, sometimes I wouldn't hear it, but most times, yeah, I would hear it and just use my ear as an excuse. Yeah. Do you? Is there anything that you guys particularly do? Other, you said you just turn the ear, and you're like, I didn't hear your story. You want to read it again? But is there anything that you do that helps you be able to understand or hear people? Yeah, I have to look at them so you just look at them always usually i read the mouth i can't see your mouth but i I can hear you pretty good but yeah i usually try to read the lips and connect it it's a little harder with tv if it doesn't have subtitles Mm -hmm. and you know i've just accepted that i have selective hearing so if i carry enough to hear the story (laughs) that is different if i carry enough to hear what you had to say i'd switch sides so i can you can tell me in my right ear if not i'm gonna pretend like i'm listening i'm just gonna nod and say yeah yeah Is that why you never hear me? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And then if if it wasn't anything interesting, then I didn't hear your bullshit, and you don't have to repeat it. (laughs) That is exactly why I have anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so you don't like large crowds. You feel like you're being judged? Well, yes, and I feel like the biggest strain that's put on me is making friends, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not good at making friends because I feel like nobody likes me. But that obviously that's just in my head. That's my anxiety. Yeah. So is that is that that's like your own insecurities, yes. right? Telling yourself, Oh, you probably can't do this or mm-hmm. you're not good enough for that or something nobody's like that. Nobody's gonna like Yeah or, or nobody's gonna me. get along with you or they're yeah. not gonna connect with you the way that you want somebody to. Yeah. And that's that's what I want. I want someone not to judge me for like just accepting accept me as I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like I would accept anyone else some of them yeah so <laughs> <laughs> some just oof. I, don't know. I feel like a lot of people want that they just want to be accepted for well, who everybody I mean, they wants wanna. to be accepted for who they are but mm-hmm. some people also have to understand that who they are are not great people sometimes that's okay. true that's true and not everybody's going to get along exactly. not everybody is going to like you and expecting to get along like you said in a group of people that's act- that's, that's asking a lot you know and that's yeah. asking a lot for yourself and then sometimes people start to conform to the group. So then they are like but they're not even being themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Which is I feel like I am one of those people that can literally adjust to any type of given person that I that is put in front of me. I can be friends with so many different types of people and connect with them really well. But why? That's just how I am. Like if I like I know if I'm gonna hang out with my siblings, we're gonna sit and we're gonna just eat a bunch of fat food and probably watch TV and we're gonna talk crap about all our family. You know, I know if I'm hanging out with you, I'm not going to go out to the bar. I'm not going to go invite a whole group of people over to my house. We're going to sit and we're just going to hang out and Another enjoy each other's time. Exactly. <laughs> I know if I hang out with Amber, I'm going to come here and we're going to sit and we're going to chit chat, maybe have some drinks. We are gonna do some arts and crafts, you know, something like that. If I go hang out with my other friend, I know we're going to get hella ratchet and we're going <laughs> to twerk on bars and bar hop and get crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I am able to adjust. So boring friends. No, I'm just able to adjust to. <laughs> that is exactly what I thought. <laughs> I'm just able to adjust to the type of person that I'm hanging out with, which I love because I can be super dorky and we can sit and watch Harry Potter all day. Or I can go out and learn how to twerk with Megan the Stallion. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a long story short, you vibe. Yes. I just, whoever I'm with, I'm, that's mm. what we're doing. Yeah. What if you don't like them? Then I'm not with them. Yeah, then he but what if he's <laughs> not agree, Alec. Then I'm very good when I, so if I'm in a group of people and I don't like, and I don't like an individual that's there, I am either very good at either, I'm going to respond to you and I'll speak to you. You're not going to get my number. We're not going to text. Don't add me on social media. We're not friends, but we're going to hang out because we're in a group setting. Or if it's that drastic, I'm able to hang out in that group setting and literally act like you are not even there. It just depends on why I don't like them. I have tried to do that before. It's It sounds like it's something that may be kind of hard, but it's it's not. It's literally easy not. to pretend somebody's not there. And takes no energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, But I'm also not mean. I'm also not mean. So if they're talking or they're talking directly at me, I will respond. I can't do that. I mean, it may be, yeah, it may be like one word. Like, oh, how's your day going? Fine. Yeah, but very short worded. I'm but not going to give you more yeah, than that. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm not mean. I'm not a bully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean. edit a little bit. So I'm like, I'm like hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I'm not a bully. And there's a, that's a, there's a difference. I can't hide my face. I get the stink face. If I don't like someone, I'll literally look at them like. You stink. Like, I don't like you. Which is fine, so you're too. you're very, like, um, I wouldn't say emotional, but you're. Oh, I am. Okay, so you're I'm emotional. So so you're very, like, uh, you wear your emotion on your face. So, like you said, you don't like something. You're going to show it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's I try not, not so to, but it's just. No, but that that's that means that you're a little bit easier to understand, mm-hmm. I guess. So you're not as complicated as some other people who sit there and they have but... a. Yeah, face. know how I feel. and you are like, "Are you mad? Are you sad? Are you, you happy?" No. Well, I can't read you. I don't know. I don't know what you yeah, are. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. never gonna under- You're never gonna be worrying about what she feels because if you look at her and you're like, "Oh, do you not like me?" She's gonna be like, <laughs> "Bitch, did you not see my lip quiver?"
1: i no, literally
0: like, <laughs> "Yeah." When I see a ginger. Wow. Nah. <laughs> no, stop it. Stop that. Oh, by the way, I have a question, and I am, I am asked. To ask this, mm-hmm. um, what is a popper? Mm. Do any of you know? It is, is it drugs? Like, are we talking about the in, like, yeah, like the drug? I have no idea. i you're was not about allowed it. to look this up. Wait, I but who, to look who, who's asking? Who's in a sentence? See. Okay, so a popper then coming okay. from that person see, indi- okay. individually, yeah, you're talking about the drug. It's usually used during sex and is very big in the homosexual world. Okay, okay, I'm learning. Okay, it's literally like a little tiny bottle. You put it up to yours or the person you're trying to like date rape, and they sniff it, and it's like an immediate high. It's almost like a chloroform, but you don't pass out. What happens? Oh my gosh! Is it bad? Like is it? Well, yeah, it's like it's like like a like you said, it's like a chloroform. It's a date rape drug. But what if you like want him? Then you. In but hell, just, so what's the high? I'm saying, like I don't know. I've never than, done like, it. I just know. Surface. I just know that it's really big in the gay world, and usually during sexual activities. I think it gives you like the the like want. I guess like it just makes you like gives you like a good sex drive, or it makes you like kind of a high to where you just don't care about what goes on in that moment. Right. Like you're you're just really out of it. Yeah, and just out kind of, of just it, confident. and whatever happens happens. I don't know. I've never done it. I have in the past had experiences to where a guy would like hold it to my nose to try to get me to sniff it and I just hold my breath. Oh, so I'm, scary. Oh, I scary. But I've also had those nice ones that pull it out and it's like, oh, are you into poppers? And they're like, not at all. And oh, see, like, so okay. they're they are the ones that ask, they're like consensual. Yeah, yeah like they, they'll ask me if I'm into it, if I want it. I'm like, no. They'll take a sniff and then they'll put it away. I just want to say to the person that told me to ask this, you're naughty. they do it they do it no no oh or they want he better not or they want to (laughs) i have no idea i was just told to ask um okay so back to the topic so anxiety so Amber suffers from social anxiety she's scared of being judged by everybody and feeling like she may not fit in with everybody i mean gwen (laughs) what about your anxiety situational okay and Okay, keep going. Inform us, bitch. Oh, okay. God, okay. <laughs> um, situational, so kind of just bad environments mm-hmm. can cause a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety. You know, um, uncertain things. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, like emotional, emotional states where you don't know when somebody's gonna fly off the handle. though they're not. um stable or steady i okay. guess people kind of like that. so like walking on eggshells you're just walking on exactly eggshells. yeah walking on eggshells always worried about what you're going to do what's going to happen uh stuff like that Yeah, just being on edge like wondering if something that you're going to do is going to trigger them to act a certain way well sometimes just existing can trigger somebody just existing yeah. and just coming out of your bedroom yeah that's the only anxiety you have like how, how does how um, how do you deal with that in that moment like when I start to have a panic attack or just feeling just feel it because it's both. a both. Of them. I feel it all day. It's an all day thing. It doesn't stop until I go to sleep. And then sometimes even when I am sleeping, I toss and turn a lot. I don't, I don't sleep much because it's always there. And it's gotten worse as I've gotten older. Well, not gotten older. It's gotten worse the longer I've been in a situation. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, how do I deal with it? Take yourself out of the situation. Take yourself out of the situation. That's a great one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I kind of don't. I just let it. I've learned to live with it, and I know that That's I'm feeling it, it. Your norm. It's become my normal. Yes, it's become my life. So. But I know you. Just in general, I know you have a lot of knowledge about anxiety. You've read a lot of things. You follow a lot of pages. You. Mm-hmm. Look into it a lot more than most. Tell us what you've learned or what you've come across in your path of Um, being knowledgeable. So from just situational anxiety or just anxiety in general? Girl, all of the above. Okay. So pretty much, um, and this is, these are quotes or articles or even friends telling me things that their therapists have said is to find something that grounds you. So when you start to have a panic attack or you start to have an issue you feel like you're starting to lift off or your body gets really really hot and you're starting to panic um just reminding yourself some people do the rubber band technique where they put it around their wrist and they snap the rubber band to bring them back to reality uh some people sleep like Elias some people watch something listen to something read something um okay in one case this is going to sound crazy. Bitch, the whole episode is about crazy. I know. <laughs> they, mm, We're okay. all crazy. Okay. I guess do whatever you know is going to help you, regardless of what other people are going to think. So if you have to split yourself in two to become a friend, then do that. If that helps, I've okay, had to so do right, that. So you're going to need to explain that. What do you mean split okay. yourself in two? So there was, can I, can I like explain this story or you do whatever the oh, fuck okay. you want to do? Oh, well, I don't know. Open okay. mic, bitch. Okay. <laughs> so, so there was one night I was having a panic attack and it was not good. I don't remember what I was worried about. I was just, I woke up crying and I was really upset. And I think it's the environmental issues that are really starting to get to me. And I just I woke up and I was so upset and I sleep on call I sleep on call um, with a friend of mine and she just kind of being there helps and I used to I mean I'm that kind of person I don't mind being alone I like being alone I vibe being alone but when things start to really take off or the silence starts to set in it starts to get a little scary and it's kind of daunting I guess right and having somebody just even if they're sleeping knowing that you're not completely alone just helps but unfortunately she was sleeping and i knew i wasn't going to be able to wake her up nor did i really want to wake her up um i knew that i needed to calm down and i didn't know what to do and i was starting to freak out even more and i didn't want to so i split myself in two and so you believe that there's another person there but you're that other person so you're basically, you're. it's almost like as if you're, like one of those situations, like off topic, where you're going to, you're going to confront a bitch. And so you're like, you know what? I'm, <laughs> so you talk to yourself in the yeah. mirror. So you're like, I'm um, going to say this. And then you say it, and then you role play and act like they're going to say something back so then you respond yes so it's like that so you're role playing with yourself pretty much that's actually a great way to put it is you're being that other friend and for my sake the reason why i say it sounds so crazy is because i held my own hand i told myself to get up let's walk around the room because i i didn't know what I didn't know what the hell was going on. I didn't know why I was so upset. I mean, I had an idea about what it was. So you're basically um, acting like it's not yourself going through it, but you're doing to yourself what you would have done if your friend that was there with you yes. was going through that situation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, pretty much. Uh, um, it's kind of like when people say heal your inner child, it's almost like be the parent that you wish your parents were. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's kind of being the friend that you wish that you had to either at that time or just have in general. Yeah. And that's kind of what I mean by splitting yourself in two. So you're going through it, but you're also becoming the person you're becoming the friend. And so getting up from bed, having you walk around the house, if you have to talk to yourself, I mean, if you have to go to far length in order to get yourself to be okay, then do it. Yeah. If you think that's crazy, then I don't know. Be crazy in order for you to deal with it. That's crazy. I <laughs> 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 Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's just my natural reaction. <laughs> it is. It seems a little bit um psychotic. It does. It seems like that. Um, what I learned when uh, with anxiety is they say that. If you feel like you're going to be in a panic attack or something, touch, feel three different things. Mm-hmm. Try to like, you know, smell or see or whatever. Just point different things. Just ground yourself. Yeah. By touching things. Basically putting yourself into reality. That you're, you know. Yeah. And that that's what, that's what grounding is. Yeah. Is that it's putting you back into reality because when you have a panic attack or you start panicking, you start ascending. You're lifting off mm-hmm. is yeah. what I like to call it. So it's... You're yeah. like, no, 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 <laughs> Exactly. no. Nope. Okay, let's do it. Nope. Feet on the ground. Come on now. And also um, looking at your surroundings. So if you're panicking and you're panicking about something, something set it off. Obviously, sometimes nothing sets it off. You just get a panic attack from those who really, really suffer from it. Look around and assess your situation. Assess your surroundings, your environment. Look at what is around you. And if you're in a bedroom, look at your bedroom. Is there anything that's going to harm you in here? Is there anything attacking you? Is there anything that could have possibly set you off? And just remind yourself that, what am I panicking for? There's nothing in my room. Nothing's happening. It's quiet. It's calm. Maybe I have TV on, the dog sleeping, you know, what's going on. And, and sometimes that helps too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, journaling. Journaling is also a really big thing um, if you're having issues or something like that, especially, like I said, when we're talking about anxiety, um, going and running and jotting it down. When you put your emotions and everything and your thoughts on paper, sometimes it's like almost like releasing it you're releasing it onto the paper whether you leave it in your journal you tear it out you crumble it up you throw it away sometimes if you go and burn it like me i would like to write a bunch of negative things on a piece of paper crumble it up and burn it and that shows me that it's gone it's out there and i did that once for another anxiety issue that i was having right before bed because only recently have i started experiencing extreme anxiety before i go to lay down i don't know what's caused it i don't know why i don't know what it is stop recording me <laughs> um you know it, it's i don't know yeah i just i wrote everything on a sticky note it doesn't matter what you find write it down crumble it up and throw it away and get rid of it yeah so it's but you have to believe it though too you can't just do it not believe it not believe that it's happening these bitches aren't listening (laughs) 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 i'm just (laughs) taking pictures um, of so that way i have receipts for the 50s instagram and the facebook page Mm um so but you you have to believe still shots bitch that's what? what I'm getting oh my god uh, okay. <laughs> 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 steal shots stealing shots. okay okay let me take a shot yeah meanwhile Amber has a whole bucket of shots uh, oh no. sitting next to her should we take one <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> she's spazzing um, right now his huh? shorts are getting <laughs> <laughs> alright um, anyway so you have to <clears throat> you have to believe that what you're putting on paper is actually being released out of your mind you have to believe that for yourself. Because if you don't, obviously writing something on paper, journaling, doing poetry, anything like that, whatever you're doing is not going to work. You have to believe that for yourself. And it's okay to be like, okay, I'm going to be a little crazy right now. <laughs> no, it, it, it's just do it. We're recording, bitches. Oh, we're recording right now? Uh, uh, okay, recording. go ahead. go. Continue. We're, we're recording, Sorry. bitches. <laughs> We ended up with the topic of, um, you had started feeling depression and anxiety around the age of four years old, um, but as, I mean, oh, not even... Once when sp- got to high school. high school. Yeah, okay. Coming back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you came back after eighth grade and you were a whole different bitch. To emo Amber. Yeah, so tell us about that. That actually like kind of set my life. Like my whole like that set my fucking life, bitch. Did it? I was you came back as like the emo Amber. I was still the fucking hog that <laughs> came back to ninth the grade. Cheerleader Amber. Yes, but oh. it was it was like a whole Amber. res it was a whole reset. Yeah. You know what? So with with that summer, so that's when the whole real life depression like understanding it I guess not understanding it definitely not understanding it but understanding I'm going through something weird and it wasn't just puberty it was like real life shit so coming from junior high, to high school between that summer I was staying at a cousin's house and they were taking care of they I, I honestly don't know how it is if they're really related but somehow they were related I don't know something happened that summer I'll get into details Something bad happened. And so I actually dyed my hair black at that house and came back to school with black hair, skinny jeans, my little Bob arms. Bob Skechers. Bunch of uh, wristbands. You remember that? Yeah. Just wearing all that. You came back, you came back hella emo. Mm-hmm. And I blame it on the summer between 8th grade and summer. 8th yeah. grade and ninth grade and grade. So that's when I started to actually do the physical things of uh, depression. And it it was hard getting through high school with that. Like, you know, going through your whole becoming, you know, yourself, learning who you are, and then also suffering things in your personal life. Not only that, but learning who you are and then not wanting that to be. I learned who I was pretty early and I wasn't proud of it I, I i knew that i was like a big old like fat kid i knew that i was super nice i let everybody walk all over me i wasn't proud of that so i learned who i was an individual but i wasn't happy with it i could literally make a whole episode of how much i could describe in detail only because like i'm a poet at heart but i yeah. could describe in detail how much you have changed from when I met you in second grade to who you are today. Oh, I'm a completely Nobody different person. Nobody will ever know who you were. I'm a completely different person. Except for the people who know who yeah, you Yeah, all of my childhood friends, they knew exactly who I was and who I am now. It's completely different. Before fucking cancer-looking Elias. Yeah, <laughs> before I got <laughs> skinty. Skinty. Yeah. But yeah. Oh yeah, I'm a whole different person and there's not even an ounce of me besides of how much I eat that's left of who I used to be. I'm gonna need y'all bitches to uh, talk into the mic because I can barely hear y'all dumb fucks. Hello? I'm gonna need you to tell us <laughs> when you're recording. No, don't turn me down. No, please! Uh-huh. I- uh-huh. So I know you suffer deep from uh, deep anxiety and stuff like that. Do you feel like any of your anxiety has led to depression? Or do you feel like depression is completely separate from your anxiety? My uh, anxiety did not lead to depression, which I can see how it could. Um, My depression came at a very, very, very early age, similar to Amber's um but not that early mine started around when I was 12. If you're comfortable saying what do you feel like led to your depression? My parents. Both of them? Both of them yes. Okay do you feel like there are do you feel like they're knowledgeable about that depression in yourself? No. Not at all? Not Have you tried to express that with them or is it more of just a unsaid Um, thing? Um, when I was younger, when I was about that age, so my dad was always working and, um, she was working her eight to five job. But then when she got home, she had us, the kids, my brother and I, and then all the animals and everything like that. So she had to take care of all this other stuff. I would try to speak about something to both of them and they just wouldn't listen. It was the 90s. So they had a very, you know, different sense of things. It wasn't, let's listen to our children. No, it was more of like, oh, you're fine. It's okay. Get up. No, it's just a little bit of dirt. It'll be fine. You'll get over it. It's a phase or something like that. Yeah. Um, Was my dad working all the time? He was not very lovable. I mean, I never got hugged. I never got hugged and I was never told I love you ever. Not once by my dad. No, I was hugged once and I remember the day. And that was when uh, Child Services was called, actually. So that was that was interesting. That was the only time I remember getting a hug from him. Um, with my mother, she was a whole different basket of eggs. Um, she would not really listen. It was more of, oh, shut up. Oh, be quiet. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, did you do this? Did you do that? Or a lot of the times it was just blatant ignoring being completely ignored um staring at the tv completely obsessed with the tv completely obsessed with the computer when mm-hmm. when you're in an environment that lacks emotion or mm-hmm. lacks physical contact or any sort of affection or anything i think you take that with you later in life and so you have issues hearing things like ilu yeah and <laughs> yeah, you know being very hugged horrible. and yeah because you're not used to it and Sometimes it's an extremely emotional situation too um I've been in a few relationships where they've I've been told that I am loved, and it's extremely hard to accept yeah um but yeah with uh with my dad being who he was at the time, and my parents were young, they were just going into their thirties, and this is stuff that I didn't realize when I was younger. Obviously, you know, I didn't realize it until I was a lot older when I kept thinking more and more and more about the situation and more about why were my parents so bad? Why did my parents do this? You know, and you just start to really think, understand and acknowledge some of the stuff that was going on. Like he was working all the time. He was working all the time. He just had a weird job. He was always coming home really late. I don't think he would come home until 3 a.m. By then, kids are in bed. Mm. You know, and by the time we come home from school... Were you in bed, or did you sneak out to bang some fool? I was 12. So, no, I was not banging anybody. This was the 90s, okay? I was not a naughty girl. I was definitely not banging. I didn't want anybody to definitely me, banging. Right? Okay? <laughs> I was very anti-touch. Anti-touch. I was probably banging my shin on my bed, but that's not it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Does banging an instinct poster count? I have no idea. I don't want to talk about my 12-year-old vagina getting wet. Ooh. <laughs> <Ew. Ew. laughs> when you put it like that, I get it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. So no vagina talk that here. That was naughty. <laughs> and now I feel a little uncomfortable, but that's the point. <laughs> She's I guess. All red right now. Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's, it's 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 not okay. Anyway, so yeah, so my father, you know, lacked attention and stuff like that. So I just didn't get a lot of things from him. With my oh, bitch, I'm gonna need you closer to the mic. So now that you're an adult and you've been through this anxiety and depression, and you're knowledgeable about both of these topics, and you've read all these articles and stuff like that, right now, how are you coping with it all? Um, coping. I guess I'm I'm not coping at all, and so I'm struggling a lot. Uh, reading and educating yourself, and then actually putting some of that into action is different. Those are different things. Uh, you can watch other people and how they deal with stuff. For me, a lot of it comes from I mean it did send from when I was younger, and I've kind of had it forever. But a lot of it is you know I've been around my mother and her mother, which are big, big, huge factors. So it's, it's, it's environmental. So, um, dealing with it, I have no idea, but I, I feel like I'm not dealing with it, and that's, that's the biggest problem. The only way I have ever thought about, I guess you put, as coping with it, is to not exist anymore. I can see how a lot of people take that route and want to do that cuz it seems like it's something that's easier but it's really not. It's actually really hard. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know what I'm saying. I'm like getting you feel like you're getting anxiety. No, I'm not getting anxiety. I'm I feel like my brain is fogging up and I'm getting <laughs> I don't know cuz you're like I'm I can't answer the question because I'm not coping with it. Yeah. I'm not dealing with it. So I, you're still in no this idea. limbo of being anxious and depressed in your daily life. And Every you... single day and it gets, it gets worse. Have you tried to find ways to cope? Have you attempted ways? In terms of like seeking therapy and stuff? No, even not just therapy, but just certain like hobbies or just any, any kind of suggestions even you find online. Um, video gaming. <laughs> yeah, that has has been one of them. So, so role play, for yeah. instance, role yeah. play allows you to be somebody else, to kind of like play as somebody else. Um, so that helps in a sense, but then a part of it is also masking up your reality mm-hmm. and, I I mean I went to the doctor, went to the doctor, I have a referral to see a therapist, whether they're supposed to contact me or I have to call them back, I have no idea. I think they're supposed to call me, how long that's going to take, I still have no idea. Um, I've tried listening to music again. I was all about music, never went a day without my music. Now I just don't listen to it at all, it's like I want the silence, I can't handle noise. I don't know, talking to people, I have been more open. About it, I used to keep it to myself a lot. I didn't talk to people about it. I didn't want to talk to people about it. I Always figured that people didn't want to hear it. And a lot of the times, if I did start opening up, people didn't want to hear about it. I've had instances where friends have left. They stopped being friends with me because I was too depressed. You're too much of a downer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, I don't like sad people. Those friends aren't meant to be in your life. Though. No, no, those are not friends to keep. Exactly. But they, they can not find anything to take from me. Those aren't friends. Friends are around when you're at your worst, and they still want to be around. Mm-hmm. Those are the people you keep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You want to keep people that are going to be there, see you through your worst, see you through your best, and stuff like that. Those are real people that you carry with you throughout your life. You know, you there's think They can benefit from you, mm-hmm. except for your friendship. That's how you know. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> no, please. Uh, interrupt, you know? Um, uh, actually that's actually actually a very interesting topic because um i've been to speaking to my ginger friend mm-hmm. and i've re- oh my god i love ginger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my self's kind of ginger mm-hmm. and i've realized that recently because when your mind is frantic and you don't know what to do And you're starting to open up about all these emotions, things that you've kept inside. It's really heavy, especially when it's a lot and you have a lot of experiences and you have a lot that's behind your depression or things that have happened to you. And just when you finally start opening up, it kind of explodes. And some people cannot handle that. They don't know what to do with that. I was actually getting upset at my ginger friend. I, um, would, I would too oh, shut up. <laughs> i was getting upset at him because he mentally doesn't have the capabilities that i need from somebody else because he's but a ginger that, but that's okay that is okay because not every friend is gonna receive your information and be able to handle it in the way that you may need somebody to. And that that doesn't mean that they're less of a friend. Don't you even look at me like that. That doesn't mean they're less. It of means a they're less of a human being because they're stop. fucking gingers. <laughs> gingers <laughs> have no souls. They have no oh souls. <laughs> Do you remember that South Park or that ginger going making a YouTube? Gingers have souls. <laughs> gingers have souls. It oh, funny. Yeah, gingers are. Oh, I don't think like gingers were put on this earth to be made fun of. They were. They were. Oh they my were, god! They it's put, literally. They were put here to be talked about. They were put here for. Do shit you mind? Shows. My grandfather, who I love so very much, did have red hair. Okay. He um, is not, not a family member with red hair. <laughs> it is. Not, it's not. We stop it. <laughs> stop it. Gingers can be beautiful. The fact huh. that I've given Gingers this much attention on episode to episode to episode, is <laughs> kind of... Maybe she should just rename it to Gingers. Nauseous. Secretly love Gingers. Yeah, I know you selfish. talk about him enough. Oh, you're, you're not jealous. jealous. You're fucking disgusting. Have you ever been with a ginger? No, I would never. He won't, because he it. doesn't he like you know. that. He do so so like to try. No, Gingers are fucking gross. Okay, well, anyway... If you're a ginger and you're listening to this, okay? Hop off the fucking podcast. I don't need your listen. I don't need your download. No. Yes, I'm talking to you. Isn't this considered a hate crime? I'll, I'll Is take this a it. Hate crime? I will take it. <laughs> I, hate crime I'll hate crime. I will hate crime the fuck out of gingers, okay? No, stop it. You're going to stop <laughs> Stop! They make up like... Two percent of the United States. Point <laughs> 0.1% They do not no, they're actually not they're not you say they're rare, but I swear they're not as uncommon. Gingers make up point one percent of the hated community. Did you know there's only two percent people in the world with green eyes? Are they gingers? Am I ginger? No. I'm part ginger. You're not a ginger. <laughs> I have hazel eyes. Does that count? Are you a ginger? Brown green no I'm green, i don't know yellow brown. you're not a ginger well as i got older yeah, i got natural you know what highlights, if, that if, anybody, if anybody out there is a ginger i want you to come and join the podcast because i want to hear your side of the story. you're doing I it so want, you, i know why you're saying that i want <laughs> i want a fucking ginger to come and i want them to come and speak to me because i want i want them to sit here in front of my face put their Fucking grill to the mic and explain to me why I need to accept them. Just say, wait, your but why would your opinion matter to them? That's like saying, well, tell me why my opinion matters. Why wouldn't it? I'm fucking Elias Estrada. Why would Estrada. your opinion not matter? Ego just fucking exploded. <laughs> okay, <laughs> topic what do you mean me? we established we're all anxious and depressed <laughs> no I don't know we didn't I so we know. just never grew up yeah we're all still in high school we're all still hella anxious we're all still hella depressed but we're cute and old and that's all I'm not old you're like I'm older than you like not I <laughs> you're older than me both, <laughs> both y'all older than I am but like a couple months I, I'm like the same um, age as your child I'm i guess that i don't know i mean i don't know so yeah so i recorded with um emmanuel i recorded with his sister and everybody has their form of anxiety and everybody has their form of depression everybody has a way of dealing with it this is mental what month is this mental awareness month so this is mental awareness month and we are aware of our anxiety we are aware of our depression and we are trying to deal with it some of us aren't dealing with it but you know what it's there and it's not to be ignored we have a lot of people that are dealing with these day-to-day issues it's a really big thing in our community right now if y'all are dealing with it go you know what email me cancel me at com email me y'all's anxiety your depression, what triggers it, how y'all deal with it, or what you guys even know about it because anything you guys have to say can help somebody else do y'all have anything that you guys want to say to the general public about anxiety, depression coping with it, whatever the fuck so yeah, all jokes aside, it's a very serious thing and and you matter, people care, we care Mm -hmm. and you, you know just stay strong If you do need someone to talk to and you don't have a friend there, please text or call the number 988. Please. You're not alone. Yeah, you're not alone. You're not the only one texting or calling that number. You guys will get the help that you guys need, any kind of um, guidance, any kind of information, all of that stuff. Y'all will be helped. Y'all will be saved. (laughs) Gwen you yeah, it. got any information that you want to give to the general public before we hop off this bitch? <laughs> um, like, like Amber said, you are not alone. So many people are going through this, so many people, and you're not going to have the same experience as somebody else, and that's okay. That is okay. Um, There is a lot of help. If you aren't sure of what to do with your depression, if you aren't sure on how to handle your anxiety, please, please do research. Talk to somebody. Ask somebody, whether you're consulting in your doctor, asking for a therapist. Don't be afraid to ask for help. People do care. We care. I care. Um, I also encourage you, if you have an Instagram, to check out the Depression Project that has actually helped me understand and acknowledge a lot of things with uh, things from narcissistic abuse to depression, anxiety, uh, gaslighting. Uh, There's a lot, a lot of different topics. They're an amazing thing and they help you understand and they help other people realize that there are others also going through the same thing that you might be going through. Um, as Amber also said, please call 988 if you really have a problem. And it doesn't matter if it's small, big, doesn't matter the size, call them. No, you are not going to be placed in a psych ward. But size does matter. It <laughs> You just had to, really? It's all serious. (laughs) But please call 988 if you really are having an issue, if you are having a breakdown, if you are having a panic attack, if you are at your wit's end and you feel like you're going to take your own life, if you don't know where to turn, you can't turn to your friends, you don't have any friends, please call 988. I know it's scary. I know everybody's afraid. The police are going to show up at my door and they're going to put me in the psych ward or something like that no it's 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 not always like that yeah so and that's all the fuckery we have for this episode um yeah we had fun we talked about all the anxiousness all the anxietyness so we talked about all that nonsense and we had a good time and you know what this is probably one of the only serious episodes we're gonna have for a while because you know i gotta get back on my shittery <laughs> i gotta talk shit about everybody else now you know what? this put me behind so, I have a lot to go with now. I have, I have a lot to make up for. So, next week, we're going to get shit cracking. And we're going to talk shit about everybody. I'm going to talk shit about mamas. I'm going to talk shit about daddies. I'm going to talk shit about religion. I'm going to talk shit about babies. I'm going to talk shit about everybody. We're getting a cracking next week because this shit set me back and we'll never probably do this again okay so go ahead and follow the sipsies instagram for the dumb fucks i can't spell it's s-i-b-s-t-i-e-s gwen has one more fucking thing to say go for it mental health awareness month educate yourself educate yes. yeah okay so yeah like I said next week we're gonna get this shit cracking this has set me back a little bit I have to make fun of all these dumb bitches next week um, we are going to get cracking next week. I have to, I got to get my mind together. This has just completely deteriorated my train of thought and we'll never fucking do this again. Um, no more crazy bitches. So. I love being a crazy boy. Yeah. Email me your topics, questions, comments, concerns, actually not really concerns because we don't give a fuck about your concerns, but everything else. Go the fuck ahead. And for the Susans out there that have anything bad to say, go fuck your mama, okay? We don't give a fuck. And you know what? Fine print. If anything that I have to say on this podcast offends you, hop the fuck off. Unfollow. Undownload. Unsubscribe. Bitch, go the fuck home, okay? We're done. Peace in the streets, y'all. Bye. 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 Bitch, when say bye, bitch. Oh, uh, bye.